When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast. I'm Rudo. That's Megan. That's AJ. And we are joined by special guests today, Sam Malinsky here at the Avalanche practice facility. Sam, we'll get into the hockey talk uh, in a second. First, everyone we have on the show, we've got to get a bad food take from. For example, I like mayonnaise on burritos. Very gross. I know. Is there any kind of food that you like that's a little bit out there that people might think is, is not great? I Not that I can think of. I mean, uh, ketchup on eggs, I know that's somewhat common, but some people think that's really gross, so uh, that, that'll be mine. I'll allow it. it not quite the, the mustard on pizza level that we've had from a couple of guests. <laughs> I, don't, but I don't know. Kyle Quincy's was probably yeah, the, the grossest. The tuna he, and pudding. Tuna, yeah. It was like tuna and yogurt. Yeah. He would blend it up and like drink it. it was, oh, it was gross. That's, I, got, I put yogurt on waffles, I guess. Yeah, I don't know if that's right. considered weird. I but. think that's better than, than ketchup on, on <laughs> eggs. <laughs> that sounds a little horrific. Is there any fruit with the yogurt? What did you say? Fruit with the yogurt on the uh, waffles. Sometimes, but I think like a strawberry yogurt, I think is really good on on waffles. So, all right, I think we're there. I think I actually see the vision. No, you put fruit on waffles, and it's just sort of an extension of the fruit. I mean, I'll try it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, All right. Let's let's actually jump into the hockey talk here. Uh, I want to start with the question. I'm sure you've answered a bunch of times by now, but why the Colorado Avalanche? Uh, yeah, it just seems like a really uh, special organization. It was one that stood out to me. Um, I know there's a lot of uh, opportunity on the right side, uh, so that was definitely something that stood out to me. But, um, you know, you just hear great things about uh, the coaching staff and um, all the players that have come through here, and uh, I like the way their defensemen play as well. So uh, a lot of factors that went into it, and it uh, seems like a good decision for, for myself so far. I'm sure you shared the ice with NHL guys before, but looking at some of the games you got in the, the Beauty League this summer with Brady Shea, I think, was on that team that you were on. And then just being on the ice for these captains' practices with players like Devon Taves, what is it you notice about being up close to players of that caliber that really stands out to you about them? Yeah, it's obviously really special anytime you get on the ice with uh, any NHL guy. So um, that's something I always look forward to, and I love it. So, um, But they're just... Everyone's so skilled. Um, I think something that really sticks out with them is um, their scoring ability. They all have really good shots, and um, I think that's a big jump from the American League and uh, college as well. So um, scoring ability, and they're obviously all big too. So um, everything about the NHL guys is, uh, is, is pretty good. What do you think separates players like that from one league to the next? Uh, it's hard to say. Um, everything kind of, everyone's kind of got their own uh, identity uh, that kind of separates them as a player. So some guys are... 
really good skaters. Some guys have really good shots. Some guys are big and uh, sound defensively. So everyone kind of has their own own little talent. How do you hope to separate? Um, you know, I'm I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I think I'm a pretty good skating def two-way defenseman. Um, I kind of just looking to help the team out in any way I can. Um, I think I'm pretty versatile and uh, can, uh, you know, activate offensively. And um, I think that's sort of where I separate myself. When it comes to this weekend in particular, what are some of the goals that you have to try and get to, you know, to make this an, a useful experience for you? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's first few games of, of the fall, fall season here. So, um, you know, I know I'm going to make mistakes out there. I'm not really expecting perfection. I'm just going to kind of go out there and um, get the feel for playing five on five games again and, um, you know, just kind of get back into the groove and um, nothing too, too high goal setting here, but um, I'd say just kind of get back in the groove with things. What were some learning lessons from the playoffs last year? You guys faced a really challenging Coachella team. Ultimately, that's what ended the season. But what were some of the valuable takeaways that you're going to bring into this next year? Yeah, I think it just kind of gave me a good um, good idea of what I was getting into for this next year. Um, pro is obviously a big jump from college, so um, I was kind of able to get some experience with playing against uh, the pro guys, so just bigger and um, you know, everyone's faster, stronger. So um, it's a different style, and um, I think that was kind of the biggest takeaway I had. New Av skill coach Toby Peterson has been out there working with guys during some of these captains' practices. Is that someone that you've gotten to work with on anything specifically? Uh, j yeah, just this past week, um, just kind of following along with his drills. Um, they all seem really good. I haven't done any t anything too specific, but um, you know, we worked on some some point shooting and um, defending two on ones and three on twos. So, um, kind of a little bit of everything. Have you had a chance to talk or meet Jared Bednar yet? I have not, besides um, when I first signed here last year, I was able to come down for, for an abs game, um, and I just kind of met him briefly before the game. So, And I know Colorado had to make a compelling case to get here. I was curious, at the end of last year, if you've had any conversations with Chris McFarland about expectations for the year ahead. Uh, not specifically, just... Uh, I'm thinking after development camp, I talked with him briefly just about kind of my plan for, for the rest of the summer. Um, and we just kind of sorted that out and decided I'd come here a week early to kind of get used to elevation and get, get into the routine here with some of the pro guys. So, um, But nothing too uh, specific going forward with the season. You spent four years in, in college going the full route. How much do you think that benefited your development as a player? Yeah, I think it benefited me a ton. Um, you know, it gave me four years of experience. Um, so I kind of, I came in freshman year as kind of a younger guy, just kind of looking up to the leaders and um, sort of finding my role within the team. And, um, you know, by my senior year, I was a captain of the team and um, had, to, had a bigger role with the team, running the power play and penalty kill. And um, so, you know, I was able to get that experience and um, just kind of, I think that improves yourself as a player all around and as a, as a person and forces you to be a little bit more vocal uh, within the team as well. Your roommate got signed this summer after briefly entering free agency. What was it like to hear news that Matt Steinberg would be joining you in the next season? Yeah, really exciting. Uh, I've obviously played with him for four years at Cornell, so him and I are already really close. And um, hearing a close friend's going to be on the team with you for the next two years is obviously really exciting news. And um, yeah, just really happy he ended up here as well.
Did you give him the hard sell those couple of days he was in free agency and why he needed to be here? Yeah, I mean, I, I had a good feeling he was coming here. So, um, but yeah, I was really excited and because uh, he was originally trying to get me to sign here as well because he kind of knew he was gonna do that. So, um, yeah, it went both ways. I was selling him too. You talked about the plan after development camp. I was just curious what you had been up to from now, um, from that point through now. Yeah, I went home and did most of my training back in Minnesota. Um, all was good there, and I actually ended up coming back out here to Colorado with uh, just a little family trip. Came out here for a weekend and did some hiking in uh, Breckenridge, Crested Butte, and Aspen, so we kind of bounced around a little bit, but um, got to do some really cool hikes out there, and uh, yeah, that was a really special time with my family. Are they pretty sold on Colorado? Yeah, they love it. They love it, and my dad does, uh, he does some work out here for real estate, so um, I'll get to see him a good amount, too. That's awesome. Well, I know you have a flight to catch. Do we have any final questions? I'm good. good. Yeah. All right, Sam, thank you so much. We're really looking forward to watching you in the showcase this weekend. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. All right. Uh, as we say goodbye to Sam here, we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. You can use code DNBR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Uh, go check them out. Uh, DraftKings given $200 in bonus bets when you sign up today. So they're doing good work here. Uh, AJ's bet did not pay off for the Rockies the other day, although no. they got close. It was, it was close. Yo, Almost my, had my pick of the week last week was Coco Goff to win the US Open. That, that, right. that one worked out, so made, Just made some big cash on that one. Ignore Alcaraz. <laughs> you were less confident in the women's one, and that's the one you hit. So. Yep. Uh, look, that's how uh, that's how it goes with sports gambling. Sometimes that's why you got to get in with DraftKings. You got to use those two hundred dollars in free bets because they're free bets. Who cares if you lose them? Doesn't matter. They're free money to play with. Uh, go check them out today. Again, use that DNVR uh, DNVR code when you sign up for a new account. Uh, of course, you must be twenty one or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. Uh, see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.SOT1800GAMBLER.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK. Uh, in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Kansas. Uh, of course, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Also brought to you by Illegal Pete's, which a uh, read like that makes me hungry. Uh, I could, could go for a burrito right now. Not with mayonnaise on it. Relax. <laughs> Just an Illegal Pete's burrito like normal. Yeah, you got to be you, man. Put the slide of that thing in mayo. Uh, look, if, if Illegal Pete starts offering mayo, I'll make it happen, all right? <laughs> right yes, now, yes. I have to settle for the Illegal Pete's queso, which is pretty good to settle for because their queso is delicious. Uh, great burritos all the way around. If you haven't had one, go try one. They also have happy hour from 3 to 8 p.m., so go check them out. Get yourself a margarita and vibe as the summer winds down. There's not going to be too many hot, warm days to hang out on the patio left, so... Get it while you can with Illegal Pete's. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast as we get into it here. I mean, let's just let's start here with Malinsky. Do you guys think he can fight for an Avalanche job immediately? Or is this a guy that you're looking at as a call-up option down the line this year? It really depends on the health of Josh Manson. 
And the other thing I want to take into consideration is even if he is sitting somewhere in the seventh, eighth man conversation, I think they would rather he be getting games in Loveland yeah. than be sitting up here. And so when it comes down to that, depending on the health of a Josh Manson type, I think that's the possibility for him to go from camp into the NHL. But if he is a full go, Manson that is, then I think they're going to allow Malinsky to continue to get reps at the American League level because he has so much more opportunity on that ice than he would here anyways, running that power play, top pairing minutes, and that's just going to be so much more helpful than even though it's useful to be around the Avs guys, which I am excited for him to have at least over this next stretch of training camp is he's going to hopefully get integrated with some more of that caliber of player and then in preseason as well. But beyond that, I think it's more valuable for him to be in the American League if he's not going to be utilized very much at the NHL level to start. The other part of that is probably waiver eligibility too because yeah. all the other seven NHL guys would have to cross, cross through waivers. Uh, if they wanted to keep an eighth guy, which right now, just based on how the roster is built, seems unlikely. They might rather have Brad Hunt in that spot because they, again, crossing guys through waivers. They lost guys last year that way. Right. You know, so uh, if the Ducks decide to spike claim anybody else, you know, you just don't want to keep giving them chances to do that. And that's where Malinsky's waiver eligibility, where he doesn't have to worry about waivers, might make it a little easier to make it so, hey, we really like him. We'd love if he's kind of our unofficial next guy in the lineup, but... Because we can send him down and then play him on a regular basis. It seems like a healthy defense. It's hard for him to crack that. Yeah, but if you look at the next few weeks, it's very telling for him. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Right. It is. Yep. For some guys, it's not. For him that was sitting right here, don't. Don't adjust your, your <laughs> monitor. Way, it's just an older Eric. version. Sam, it's an older a version. <laughs> and it's, a, it's just an older version of the guy that was here. No, what a nice young man, though. Sharp, sharp young man. Yeah. At he, Cornell he, Education. Very, very nice, yeah, very nice young man. Um, but it's telling. It's telling for a guy like that because, as you guys just talked about, waiver eligibility is, is a big deal. You know what I mean? So you don't want to lose guys. You don't want to lose your depth. And he can just be the yo-yo down the highway there for a few weeks or, or whatever it is to get your feet wet. I think it's important. I know, you know, the experience of, of going down to the American League, which is a great league, is not a knock on the guy. You know what I mean? So I think that, yeah, he is older. Uh, this isn't an 18-year-old uh, coming in. That's why I say, you know, some those guys get their feet wet. They get to meet people. It's great. It's a nice experience. For him, it's a little different. I think those those exhibition games will be important for him. Uh, they're not very important for veteran guys. They're important for them to get their legs underneath themselves and, you know, feel good about their game. But for a guy like that, it's going to have to be like, hey, barring no injuries, he just wants to show Bednar and, you know, Pratt and those guys that he can play. You know what I mean? Even though it is exhibition game, you can also – you can feel it that, oh, he's not ready or he is ready for this. And, yeah. and I think that going down to Loveland for a few weeks or whatever it is or whatever. I always say to kids when they come to training camp, make them make decisions. Yeah. That's it. It's very simple. Because if you're we, – we, we can look at numbers and everything. If, if I'm him, I go there, I don't look at numbers. I just do the best that I can. And I force the organization to make decisions. So we'll see what happens with him. But he seems like he's a young man that's got a nice head on his shoulder, and I and I love. I I think he's, 
He's been following the abs a little bit because he said one word right off the bat when somebody asked him the question, what are you? And he goes, oh, I like to activate. Well, here you go, <laughs> right? I mean, it fits this style. It fits Bednar's style. So maybe he's been doing some homework or, you know, of course, that's what he is. Obviously, that's why they signed him. Uh, he fits their mold. But it's going to be interesting to watch this kid. It's going to be fun. Eric, there was something you said in the roundtable that showcases like this weekend, there might not necessarily be much to gain, but there's a lot to lose. It really stood out to me because we might not be looking at Walensky realistically cracking the Avs roster straight from camp, but this is going to be really big in the eyes of Jared Bednar when it comes to calling up a player like that down the line, and that could have a huge impact on whether or not the path to the NHL is possible for him. Yeah, if there's an invite that's 18 years old, that's, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's nice, it's overwhelming, and you're there, and you got the ass colors, and the T-shirt, and the shorts, and the jersey, and, you know, it's kind of exciting. And, but at the end of the day, I mean, that's, that's where it, that's where it stops. I'm talking about for today, or for this, this week. You know, that, that, that's it. That's where the rubber meets the road for this kid. Now, him, it's different. So he goes out there. He has, <laughs> I always say, you have to dominate because you're supposed to dominate. Yeah, yep. and, and you don't want to put pressure on yourself and everything, but you also want to look good and look dominant. And then they're like, okay, perfect. Step one, test, done. You know what I mean? Next step is the exhibition games. You know? so, so he does have something on the line compared to, uh, I don't want to use the name, but anyone that's an invite that's 18 years old and they just come in here and you know, understand what the pro game is. And it's, it's, a, it's a great accomplishment for that kid. But I think Sam Malinsky is on a different level. A little and different when you're on an NHL contract absolutely, here. Absolutely. And, and, and you're expected maybe to crack the lineup at some point. Forget Maybe not at the start. You know, who knows? But at some point... They think that, you know, you can crack this lineup. And, and you're talking about a top, what, five NHL lineup? The Avalanche, right? I mean, on paper? I yeah. mean, that's not Certainly a top five defense. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, again, right there. So I, I think that he's got to go in there and take it seriously. And not that you don't, but, but I think he looks like he's pretty serious. I think he looks like he's done his homework. And I love the fact that he came to Colorado on a little visit. That was nice, you know, like visiting with his family. So it's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching this kid play. I wanted to touch on him talking about himself as an activating offensive defenseman. It, would you guys be comfortable locking him in as the first defensive call-up in all situations, or is there a little bit of a, hey, you know, if a Jack Johnson type needs to take a game off, are you looking more at a Keaton Middleton or something like that? Me, personally, I'm taking Sam Malinsky because, for one, I want to see what he has. Right. Sure. You know, and it's no offense to even Curtis McDermott or Keaton Middleton, those guys bring a really limited profile of you're hoping that that guy can come in and not hurt you on any given night. And, you know, like the, the bigger physical elements or whatever. But with Malinsky, you're talking about a guy that really fits your play style. Like, you know, his, his identity as a hockey player is what the Avalanche identity is as a hockey team. And, you know, Eric, I know we've talked off camera and it'll be a thing that we talk a lot about throughout the season. Fit. Yep. Where does a guy fit into an organization? You know, the you want to be well-rounded, so you do want the Keaton Middletons of the world. Uh, you know, those guys, and the Avs have had a lot of success. You know, with Dan Renouf and, and last year Andreas England, those kinds of defensive defensemen that you don't have high expectations for have done well for themselves for the Avs over the last couple of years. But a guy like Sam Malinsky, you're not viewing as like a, a kind of a, a temporary solution. I think you'd want to, and this is where you're talking about, make force them to make decisions. You want to have him be a guy that you can call up and say, I mean, if he plays really well, we might just have to keep the kid. Yep. 
You know, we, we might just have to, if, if Jack Johnson, if he plays next to a Jack Johnson because it's Manson that gets hurt or if yep. it's Johnson that gets hurt, like, you, you figure it out. But him also having that additional value of being right-handed yeah. is, that, is that little extra thing that NHL teams just, they love it. They're always looking for it. It's harder to find. And uh, a right-handed defenseman that's going to activate and jump into the play. And we saw running drills today. He would get the puck, and he would immediately He's up the ice. It. Just yep. up the yeah. ice. And that's, that's Avalanche hockey at its absolute best. The abs, the abs are stressing opposing teams with the activation and the jumping into the rush and driving play and forcing them to play, forcing uh, opposing teams to play under pressure, play in hard situations. And that's Sam Alinsky's whole thing. So I think, I think he needs to be the number one like guy that you want to call up. And it, it, I'm not worrying about it being too samey with the styles and all that. He's a guy that you actually want to build around. You know what you have in Brad Hunt. You know what you have in Curtis McDermott. You know that you can lean on those guys if you really want to. If, you, if that's what you're after, they can do that job. That's what they're in your organization for. But with Sam Malinsky, you have maybe at the moment higher expectations than that. And so you want to see... If you know when an injury inevitably happens, let's pretend like it's not. It like like it, you're, it's never going to take place. Josh Manson hasn't had a healthy season in six <laughs> years. So well, and like you know, it, it's just guys get hurt. It yeah. happens it, all the time. It's just the reality. And it, when when that happens, you do hope that Malinsky is having the kind of performance at the AHL level that just says you have to you have to call that guy up. Yep. What I like about Sam Malinsky too beyond the offensive prowess that he has is I think that we're going to find in this next year his defensive responsibilities are ones that we'd be more comfortable with than we realize. I think that this is just a matter of getting reps at the American League level, but I think that he is pretty responsible in the defensive end, and I see the willingness on his part. This isn't a, pr a player that I'm ever going to worry about engagement issues with, and that gives me so much hope that when looking to a player to call up that he actually might be able to earn some more trust because I know that a lot of players in that position who get called up looking at Justin Barron are sheltered so much. They're on such a short leash. They don't get to do much at the NHL level. That's probably true of Malinsky too. But if he can really work on that side of his game in his own end, which I think he's going to really bear down this next year, I think that's why it's not unreasonable to put him at the top of the call-up chart in terms of defensemen. Look, with the abilities he has, if the defensive side of the game clicks for him, he's going to be an NHLer. Full stop. And that engagement is important, too, because we've seen with Jared Bednar, he wants to know that when he puts a guy out there, he's going to get that effort. Yep. He's going to get the, the level of commitment all night. You know, Even if it is eight minutes, he's going to get a maxed out eight minutes and not a guy that is going to be afraid to take chances and afraid to make mistakes. Because if Sam Malinsky plays uh, a game that is, you know, very reserved, he's not going to be very good. It's not who he is. You know, he's the ultimate scared money, don't make money kind of guy. He's got to go in. If he gets a shot and he's got to go in and be him, he has to attack. He can't be afraid to make those mistakes. And this is where him already being 25 is great because you have a more mature guy. You have a guy that's not going to shrink from that moment as much because he's already seen so much of it. He's grown out of some of those jitters. It's not that he won't be nervous in the NHL or any of that. Rookies are still rookies. But because he's not 18, 19 years old, you know, he has gone through some of this stuff. I, I think that I'm less worried about some of the jumpiness of him. I agree with everybody. 
and and when it comes down to a defenseman, like I'm not worried about you. Give him the biscuit. He's gonna go. I mean, he's gonna make plays. He's right. I mean, that's mm-hmm. you know, that is what that is. It doesn't matter at the off uh, at the NHL level or college level. Of course, you're playing against better players, but I'm saying your creativity is there. Um, where where we're gonna see it, and especially in those exhibition games, not necessarily this weekend, but maybe you know, starting next week. Is is the way he adapts to his reads defensively, yeah. and that is the difference between college and American League and the NHL. Is you have to think and process it pretty quick. Some guys can't, and you know what? They have the package, they got everything, and all of a sudden they they process it at maybe an American League level, and they don't get to that NHL level, and that's why they never make it. Um, he seems like an intelligent young man. I'm not stereotyping with the Ivy League, but you know, like he's a smart man. He's a smart kid. And I think I don't see any problems. I think it's reps, like Megan talked about. I think mm-hmm. it's reads, like you guys talked about. I think once he gets that, that's why I'm not worried about if he gets sent down. You know what I mean? At the start of the year. And, and again, sometimes when I say you got to go and make decisions, you know, let them make decisions, it, sometimes it, it takes a month. It takes two months. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not that easy, you know, to say we have to create room. But once, you, once you've made an impression in the management, like, okay. We got to make room for this kid, and then sometimes it's one day, and sometimes it's a month or whatever it is. But at the same time, you go down there and you go and produce at the level you're supposed to produce, whether it's defensively, offensively. So, I think this kid is is going to be in the lineup at some point this year. Just don't know when, you know. I think to build off that point as well of uh, sometimes it takes a little bit of time. We've seen every year with the Abs, there's a guy that impresses Jared Bednar in camp that he really attaches to. He really likes this guy. And when then, you know, through about December, you'll still listen to him reference. Bender will still reference what the guy does in camp before it's before the AHL performance really takes hold of like and really starts to become the number one and maybe even sole determining factor of who's that call, who that call it might be. Camp performance is big. The preseason, those exhibition games, what you do there, because we've seen, you know, we've seen it with countless guys with Jared Bednar over the last few years of. You know, certainly with a guy like an Anton Bleed last year is a good example of like, you know, but he really liked there were certain aspects of it that he really liked. And so he was kind of kind of up and down and, you know, and and he got that opportunity because of some of the things that he did in camp and preseason that Bednar liked and he wanted to see at the NHL level. So this is a really important couple of weeks for Sam Malinsky to, to make that impression with Jared Bednar firsthand. Not not talking to Kevin McDonald, not talking to Aaron Schneekloth. You know, firsthand, Jared Bednar gets to coach him, gets to talk to him, gets to see him up close every day and see what he is about. And that's going to carry a lot of water for the next eight weeks after that. Yep. Uh, I do want to expand this to the rest of these guys at this rookie camp because we're going to Vegas tomorrow, as are they right now, basically, to play a bunch of games. There's a bunch of other abs prospects there, starting with the rest of that defensive side. The two to really key in on besides Malinsky are Jeremy Hansel and Gianni Fairbrother. Hansel, certainly for the three of us, caught the eye pretty quick at the uh, development camp. And what is this this week for him? Is it is this just, hey, preseason preparation, getting ready to go back to juniors and dominate that league? Is this, uh, I'm trying to show... The abs, they made the wrong decision by not giving me a contract. What is it? Still allowed to sign contracts. <laughs> they can still, they can, at any point, That's they true. could, they could reverse what appears to be the inevitable course of action here, which I think is disappointing. You know, Megan's making a sad face. And I think that's, 
my internal monologue right now, which is turning into an external monologue. Uh, it's 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 disappointing that that it appears that they learned nothing, and every player is different. But to repeat the Brandon Sajan thing, I think would be really frustrating to watch, because there were a lot of things that you really and remember Brandon Sajan was in that position, and when he went to his rookie turn, he scored like five goals in three games. Yep, the guy just lit. He was the only guy that could score goals for that team that year, and it just you know it. it he goes back to the OHL, and nothing changed. Like nothing changed in that experience. Jeremy Hensel doesn't need another year in the WHL. He doesn't. He I agree. He showed last year as a as, as a leader of a dominant CHL team that overage year will do nothing for his development. It won't hurt him, but does it get him any closer to the NHL? It doesn't. It just it doesn't and I I understand that there's a numbers game involved and that he's probably just the victim of circumstance here more than anything else, more than bad planning, more than anything like that. It's probably just the numbers game, but in where I get frustrated with Av's development at times over the years is I, I, I like to ask the question of, is this the best thing for this player? And I don't know, I don't know how you make that argument that this what appears to be him going back to the WHL for an overage season is best for him. It might be best for convenient and easy decisions for the avalanche, but is it, is it going to move his development forward or is it just going to be well, another year gone by? Because right now to me, it feels like another year gone by again. It won't hurt him, but I don't see it helping. So let me ask you this. Then we talked about it with Malinsky injuries happen. Yeah. Would it be worth it for Hansel to sign a contract, be in the ECHL this year, and be a first call-up to the AHL type guy? I mean, I would. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want it to sound like I'm like dunking on guys who are already there, like Nate Carmen, for example. They've, I, they've seen, I agree with you on this one. They've seen they're known quantities at this. Yeah, point, some of those things, and they know that they can move Carmen between the ECHL and AHL. And he's still going to be a bottom of the defense kind of guy on your AHL team yeah. at best. So, and again, this is kind of the same thing with Molinsky. You're bringing guys in because you think they can help you. Let them help you. The hard part of the business is you can't let guys that you know what they are stand in the way of guys who could be something more. Right. And and I understand that there's, you know, the, the, the mystery box, shiny toy syndrome kind of thing that's sure. at play here. I think I th again with with Hansel. I think that it's just part of the appeal of drafting him is that he is a quicker path to the NHL because of his age, because of his experience, because of everything that we've already talked about about him. We've talked about all summer with him. He's a quicker path, and if you don't put him on the quicker path, what are you doing? And this disconnect between their their drafting team and their development team has been one of those things that has held, in my opinion, held them back a lot over the last, say, 14 years. Yep. Where they are by far the worst team in the NHL at getting NHL players out of non-first-round picks. Yep. And so it's and they've made a lot of changes to that staff. Those changes need to start turning into changes in how they approach their development with players because what they've done hasn't worked. So why why believe that them repeating a past pattern here is going to now. I think it's interesting for a couple reasons. One, because I think last year was already the changing of the tides. 
but it's going to take a few years for us to really see that realized. And some of that is Kevin McDonald. I think the role in which he has with both Avs and Eagles is a broader perspective that is looking at the interests of both teams in such a way that he's plugged into what the Eagles are doing and what prospects are on the up. And that influences then, I think all injuries also played a part in this, but all of the debuts and call-ups that we saw last year was a bit unprecedented. And I think that was wow. a testament to giving the youth a chance. And so that is where I'm willing to give them a little bit of room to believe that this could be a change in perspective and how they want these young players to be utilized. Where it becomes different is actually very specifically Nate Clerman is direct opposition to Hansel in this conversation because Nate Clerman in the string of injuries that happened last year emerged as an actual American League player. That sounds really mean to say, but where I'm going with this is yeah. because of injuries, he had opportunity with the Eagles. He had been trying to make that lineup for a long time and it just hadn't happened. He got those reps at the American League level and I actually think he's an HL player. And that now is an issue though because I think in a way that exceeded expectation. I think there had maybe been this belief that he was a known quantity. They knew what Nate Clerman was, but then last year he showed that he was something different. And so they still have to, on the draft floor, make the right pick, and they do in Jeremy Hansel. But because Nate Clerman had the year that he did last year, it, it poses a little bit of a problem that they might not have previously thought they would have. And this logjam on the blue line is just such an unfortunate situation because I don't want this to come at the expense of an opportunity to a white Amit, who I also think belongs mm -hmm. on the Eagles at least bottom D pair, second pair even. I, I'm really high on him. But this is where it's interesting for Jeremy Hansel then is it, Nate Clerman threw a wrench in things in a situation I, I wouldn't have expected necessarily either. And as far as what's best for him, I would probably prefer him if the option is he could either be in Utah and sort of straddle between both or just finish out juniors. I actually like the idea because of what a competitive team he was on last year and the role he was able to play there compared to the role he might be playing if he's straddling between both worlds in yeah. Utah and Loveland. And it's a familiarity with personnel. I think that being able to work with these same people that helped him to sort of have the emergence that he did because I think just within this last season is where Hansel started to get the recognition especially like alongside the draft, um, to get him drafted late in 2023 because he is sort of coming in at the tail end of this and his eligibility. Mm -hmm. And so in knowing that, I think a lot of that work in getting drafted is done in this last year. And so returning to the personnel and the team that made that possible for him, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing, but it's not a matter of physical maturity. I think he has the polish. He's very well-rounded. I want to see him at the American League level right now. I just don't think it's realistic and I'm really disappointed. It's it's it was the addition Sam Alinsky comes in. You get Brad Hunt back into the AHL, and then you do trade for the other guy you mentioned, Gianni Fairbrother. Yep. And I think that's where you know, not to not to single out Nate Clarman or a Wyatt uh, Amont, but like it's you're trying to find like a bottom of the lineup job for him because you do want to see what Sam Alinsky has. Brad Hunt is going to be a top four guy for you. Keaton Middleton is going to be a top four guy for you. He's been a top two guy for them for a few years. So, like, you've got guys that you already know, like, they're going to be at the top of your defensive lineup. And those are going to be the guys that you are shipping out to Denver first for those call-up opportunities. So finding the, the space for Hansel is the real challenge here. And it's just a tough spot to be in of there isn't a right answer. Yep. Like, 
Someone if, loses. If, yeah. Well, yeah, because if you just say, "Oh, well, we're gonna we're just gonna put Hansel in the third pairing in the AHL, and that's that," you know, it, does it come at the expense of Gianni Fairbrother, it, for example, the guy that you get in the Alex Newhook deal? Is the right answer loaning out some of these guys to another AHL team? I I wonder how receptive the Chicago Wolves specifically going independent this year. Yeah, I wonder how receptive the Wolves might be to something like that, where they get a guy like that. Maybe. So that's my my own curiosity. I've thought about that too. Of like maybe that's something. That's the that's I just the don't way know that how realistic it is. I yeah. don't either, especially because Wolves management is like really aggressively yeah. like we went independent so that we can do whatever the hell we want. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if that's even something that uh, I don't even know if that's allowed. Like I don't. This whole team going independent thing is in the AHL it's is very so weird. right. Yeah. Like it's with so Chief Kincaid and the yeah. situation yeah. he's in now with both clubs is weird, and <laughs> yeah. I don't understand it. And I'm a little afraid if someone was loaned, would they ever come back? Like, yeah. would there yeah. be some under the table handshake agreement, and they are no longer in the AV system? Yeah, and that's it's just such a rare. You know, loaning usually is a goaltender thing. We do have to so. hustle this show along, so if you want Gianni Fairbrother thoughts, make sure you go read the roundtable over on the dnvr.com where we gave a bunch of thoughts on a lot of these topics, and if you were drafted as an overager and it injured your ability to make development progress, call Bacchus and Shanker, 222-2222 today. Alright, I don't think they can help you with that one, but if you were injured and you did not get compensation that's where Bacchus and Shanker comes in whether it was a car accident or if you were injured at work or if some freak thing happened that you were not at fault for that's where they have you covered you can call 222-2222 today and get a free consultation if they think you have a case they'll take your case on completely for free and if they take it on they'll probably win it because they do a lot of winning they've won over a billion dollars for their clients over 25 years of doing it they're just great at what they do. That's the simple way to put it. Uh, go check them out. Bacchus and Shanker, coloradolaw.net, or the two number. Get what you deserve. And also brought to you by the fantastic... Oh, man, I forgot to bring my Shady Rays today. Lindsay kept mine. She just stole them? Yeah. <laughs> oh, kept them yesterday. They're not yours anymore, bud. Yeah. Go get you, your Shady welcome, Rays. Lindsay. Or maybe steal them from AJ if that's an option. I have a backup pair in my car. Somebody needs to borrow. You can go to ShadyRays.com. Use code DNVR when you order. You get two pairs or more. You'll get 50% off your entire purchase. They've been given five stars by over 250,000 people, so you can see why they might be stealing AJ's. They're pretty good sunglasses. Dozens of styles, dozens of cool things. The best part is the first 30 days, you don't like them, you break them, you lose them, they'll replace them completely for free. So go check them out at ShadyRays.com. Use that DNVR code. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Uh, Looking at the forward side of this grouping, uh, the three drafted prospects of the Avs, Olausen, Jedliska, Steinberg. Jedliska, I think we all are just kind of interested to see what he is coming over from Slovakia. Yep. Got it right this time. Didn't mess it up. so that one kind of up in the air. I think everyone just kind of wants to get a feel for him. Olausen, I think we all kind of are leaning towards, hey, that, that's a kid you'd like to see dominate this tournament. Really take a step forward this weekend, yep. please. Eric, you're the Steinberg guy. Yep. Sell me. Well, I go to Olafson, uh, Olafson first. Sure. Um, yeah, there's pressure there, yeah. right? I mean, there there is pressure because... 
you can only hurt yourself. Yep. You, I mean, honestly, because if, if you've now played in the American League, you're playing against a lot of kids that have never played in the American League. He's got an NHL game. Even. And you got an NHL game. You, mm. And you're a first-round pick. And, yep. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, there's a lot stacked up against you. I mean, it's not against you, but that is the makeup of you as a player. So now you're going in there and you blend in. And it's, it's not good. It's just not good. Yep. You can't blend in. You got to go there and dominate. And you got to take the attitude, even on practices like this morning, you got to be out there at the front of the line of the drills. And, and I remember back then, you know, like us guys that were like that in that situation is you want to be out there. You want to show everyone that, hey, you're, you're now a leader. You're not a follower. And you want to show these kids, you know, what the, uh, the rest of the stuff is. And then, you know, at the end of the day, he's got some pressure to do good. You know what I mean? And and I think that, you know, you're going to learn a lot about him right there. And then it's got to translate to, to next week and then to all that stuff. Now, Steinberg, it's a little different. It's new. Uh, again, I think his game's going to translate to the pro game um, better than, than, let's say, a skill guy. Sure. I mean, where the Avalanche don't really need that skill guy. I mean, there's no room. If you're a skill guy, then, I'm, you know, your ticket is to Loveland or back to juniors. It's not, it's not going to be here yep. um, as a young man, right? So... So what I'm trying to say is uh, he's got to go in there and really do, do what he does best, you know what I mean, which yeah. is you know, to be a physical guy and a, a presence, and then you got to get out there and show what you can do. And, again, this is another guy like Sam Malinsky that, you know, he's got to dominate. He's got to make sure that he's, uh, he's at the top of his game and he's not hurting his stock and, you know, to, to be a guy that's, you know, going to be – Counted upon maybe to, to, to be a call up this year or to, to show what he can do. He's got some bloodlines there, obviously, which is nice because he knows what to expect. So of course he's had those conversations, right, with his uh, with his father that uh, you know was a player for the Nordiques and uh, been around hockey his whole life. So I think I'm interested to see him. I, I'm interested to see him like like I told Megan yesterday, pop in this. You know you want him to. You're looking at the ice and this is the guy you see. You know what I mean? Because you're supposed to to dominate to a certain extent. Um, again, I think if you compare the two, for example, one is more skill guy, even though he didn't, you know, really show a lot of skills last year at the American League level. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was more like a, a tougher year, right? I mean, sure. I think it's a fair comment to say. It was yeah. a tougher year for for, for a first-rounder to, to be in Loveland and not really, you know. And I'm not a little lost a in the year, shuffle, just for lost sure. The shuffle. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it was it's a really learning. tough year for the Eagles, too. Just he can't lock down a job. Yep. Yeah. They're sending half their roster to Denver for four straight months. Like, it was a really hard year for everybody. These in college kids fall out of the sky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, flick four of them at the end of the year. Just like, oh, hey, look, they're now half your roster. Well, so, there I, you go. I wanted to talk to you about that, Megan, a little bit with these college kids. You have a Steinberg who's competing for a, probably a Colorado Eagles job, certainly to start the season, next to a Poland, next to a Pavel. Is, is there a is there a hierarchy there? Is there, hey, Steinberg has the inside line. Hey, I know Pavel's gotten a lot of hype in a lot of circles this offseason. Evan. It was Evan. <laughs> it was Hi, Evan. Evan. It was you. It, do you think there's a, there's already a pecking order there, or is that going to be decided this weekend in, in the camp? I don't think there's a pecking order. I think it's a healthy competition, and I think it's on purpose. Okay, there you I go. I <laughs> am excited for everyone involved in a little bit fearful because at the end of last year i saw the ways in which the college players coming on they get 
promised a few games, and that means players like Olsen and Ranta sit out. Yep. And that's a really tough thing to see, especially in Olsen, a first-round player with that pedigree. And I, I do, you know, it's possible maybe there was something sure, sure. that also was a part of that, um, which I do believe was true upper body. But in knowing those things, that's his part of, like, the top of the lineup that he'd like to get back, especially seeing players like Charles Houdon no longer in the top of the lineup. This is prime opportunity for Olison to solidify his place there and keep it. And like, you know, like you all have mentioned, he has to be better than just a good AHL player. He has to be a fantastic one. He has to be the Eagles leading scorer, leading points producer. He has to do something especially well yep. to pop because in looking at a Steinberg, I actually think because of who he is as a player, he profiles a bit differently. And actually, his toolkit might be better suited for a depth NHL role. Olison has to re redefine his toolkit a little bit. And he worked on that last year, becoming a little bit tougher on winning puck battles and hunting four bucks instead of being caught watching play a little bit. We He's, saw it on the practice tonight. Today, he made a couple of nice defensive plays. Oh, you plays, worried me. I thought you saw him puck watching. No, okay. no, no. Good. Good thing. He, he needs to hunt for pucks is essentially because you look at the physical tools that are there and you'd like to see him use them in that way. And he's going to have to become that player because his path to the NHL is adopting some of Steinberg's characteristics, yep. is, is being a mean player to play against. And it is something that he worked on last year, so I want to give him credit to that. He specifically cited Greg Cronin in the room down there as being someone who helped him with the defensive side of the game and the decisions he makes away from the puck. And so it's not as if he completely ne neglected this last year, but it is he's looking at a, formerly being a player who had the high skill upside and needing to add a little bit to his toolkit to really separate. Like we talked about with Malinsky, yep. that's what's required of Olison. And then as for Steinberg, it's just getting acclimated to the pace of the HL. I think that's what was tough for him at the end of last year. It's a huge difference from college. And he just needs a little bit more time. He is an unknown quantity in talking about known quantities. I don't know how a full season of Steinberg looks. I'm looking forward to that. But that was Olison's first full pro year. So there's a lot of room for him to take a big leap in this next year. And I hope that he does. I think I just want to go back and touch on a point that Eric was close to, um, like in the neighborhood of, but the the pressure for Oscar Olison, where it's funny that being a first round pick helps you maybe get opportunities early on until it doesn't. But yeah. there's a very thin line between now it hurts you yep. because the expectations are still there and the pressure gets higher and higher and higher. And when you're, especially when you're a skilled guy in a tough spot, where, where are Jean-Luc Foudy and Oscar Olsen going to fit in for the avalanche? Skilled guys that are not going to muck and grind as much for you, that want to that wanna do, you know, skill things. And Versus the Steinbergs and, and Andre Pavel, where those guys want to, they just, they don't, they're not being asked to score goals. They're being asked to occasionally chip in for some of that, but they're going to win us face-offs. Go, go forecheck, go hit people, be responsible, help out on the penalty kill. Like all those like classic depth guy things, they're, they're saying, hey, you guys, we're not even asking the certain sides of the puck. You know, we're just like, we'll take what we can get. We're not too concerned about it, but this is what we want out of you. And for the foodie and Olisons of the world, it's a harder path when you're talking about being in the avalanche organization where they're not opening up 
that yeah, the, before exactly Tomas Tatar, exactly we could that. have had a Jean-Luc Foodie conversation yep. on, on that wing. I, hell, we probably still could if we really wanted to and have Miles Woodby on the fourth line. It's hard to believe that they gave him the deal that they did, and the he's going to be on the fourth line. line. Yeah, that's tough. I'm sell. a little, um, you know, maybe a year from now, maybe, but to his first training camp, I'm just saying it feels a little unlikely. But before Tatar, we could have had that conversation. You could squint and see that path. Yep. Right now, it doesn't exist. No, nope. it's not even like you're. You have to work hard to get. Th- it just, it's not there. You, you have to play so well that. They're willing to bench somebody for you now. Right. That that they are saying, hey, we're gonna we are going to move a Miles Wood down to a yep. fourth line. Um, because you're not, you know, that, that, that like you have to work hard to try and get there with the current forward core that the abs have. And this all this kind of ties back into why we we have Molinsky picked out as the guy that's gonna be there this weekend of like he's got that path. Because these other guys, Olison especially, it's tough. Steinberg that physicality, that attack mentality, all that stuff. The same thing uh, true of Andre Pavel, where both of those guys, it's it's the same conversation. They're trying to climb over one another for that job, though. You know how I know the DNVR Abs podcast has made it? Eric here has got us food delivered <laughs> at the Abs Prospect Facility. Yeah. Uh, never thought I'd see the day. Uh, but we have had a lot of... Awesome news here for us, obviously going to Vegas, getting interviews like the one we had today with Sam Malinsky, but we are not even the biggest news at All City. Tuesday, we launched our Philadelphia site, our fourth site as part of All City. Uh, They're crushing everything over there. Uh, I know we have a ton of fans from other teams that often pop into our podcast, so if you're a fan of any of the Philly teams for hockey, that'd be the Flyers, you kind of want to go check them out. They're doing big things over there. Uh, their launch has been huge, so go get a get a hold of those guys. Go follow all the the Philly accounts on Twitter, PHLY, insert team after that, whichever teams you're interested in, or just PHLY Sports if you want the whole thing. We're super excited about the continued expansion of All City and and things continue to grow, and and we can't wait to get those Philly guys on our show when the ads come to town. Can I can I quote Prime? Go on and, and just say we coming. <laughs> we coming. <laughs> uh, the rest of the sports media world. Lots more conversations to talk about, but we are going to talk to you about those from Vegas tomorrow. So if you are out in Vegas, slide into our DMs. We're going to do some kind of meetup, or at very least, come say hi to us at the rink when we're there. So probably after Sunday's game would be the best bet. Yep. So keep your eyes peeled. Hit us up, and if you're in Vegas, we'll definitely do something. Uh, we do have to wrap up today's show as i got to eat this food that's here. Uh, <laughs> smells good. It does smell it does. good. We appreciate all of you hanging out with us uh, for this show. Look forward to more stuff like this. We have some, uh, some more interviews planned for the Vegas trip. I'll put it to you that way. That's all I'm going to spoil. But we appreciate all of you. Uh, make sure you get your Breckenridge, both brewery and distillery. If you want the beer, go Breck Brew. I highly recommend the Broncos country. You can get some of that action. It'll help drown your Broncos sorrows, if nothing else, at the very least. For the distillery, you can also go Broncos style with Broncos whiskey. Hashtag Broncos bourbon over on Instagram with your favorite Broncos pictures. And you have a chance to win tickets to a Broncos suite on New Year's Eve when they play the Chargers. It's super awesome. Go to to BreckenridgeWhiskey.com today to also enter in to that competition and check it out. Again, hashtag Broncos Bourbon on Instagram. 
They'll narrow it down in December. We're out of here. We appreciate you. See you in the next one.